We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. Another live episode of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Just like you and your business, Andy Reid always has a play in his back pocket. Let Emprise be yours with competitive interest rates, various term options, and SBA guaranteed loans. Emprise will help you score when it matters most. Emprise Bank, our partner, impossible. Member FDIC, so appreciative of them. It is a big day today. I got to ask Maddie Lane off the top. Find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Who we got, Georgia or Bama tonight? Georgia. Hmm. Take the better team. Take the team that has more talent. Craig, Craig Stout, find him on Twitter at Barley Hub. I can hear the disgust. I think Craig I, just used to mean always backing Bama and Nick Saban. Yeah. I think that's what that was. Like, there's Yeah, no, been, that's what it was. Yeah, it was there's entirely. Been no time that I have not backed Saban and Bama. But I do think when you watch them this year, this Georgia team is more talented. I think this is the least talented Bama team this specific year that they've had in a minute. Losing Mechie, I think that matters. Yeah, I'll take Georgia. I, do th- I just simply think they're more talented. They might get outcoached, yeah. though. I mean, that's the way I mean, they lose. They get outcoached. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a close game, which we can't say about the previous, you know, iterations of these games in the semifinals here. But I do feel like these will be close games. I'm going to go Bama. I And yeah, it's entirely, you know, Saban-esque and relying on him to put together a good game plan. It just took me aback that Maddie, and I know Maddie loves the Georgia talent. Don't get me wrong. It just still took me aback to hear him not side with Saban. I, I'm, I'm shocked. Just, just shocked. Like, it was just like Listen, if I'm wrong, last time ever, because he will eliminate me, number one. But number <laughs> two, <laughs> I will never, I'll never live it down if I'm wrong here. The one time I'm going to pick against Saban, if it backfires on me, like, it's just, I, I deserve it. It was just the way Craig responded. He's like, uh, give me Georgia. I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with Maddie on something for once. It scares me to side with Stetson Bennett. I just have to say, it really does scare me to to side with Stetson Bennett. But yes. Again, oh, I, I, I 100% agree with that sentiment. And, I mean, the Bama did just bop them. Anyways, let's talk about all kinds of stuff today. A lot's happened. Maddie, we haven't talked to you uh, since the uh, AFC, AFC playoff field was decided. Do you just have any thoughts off the top? 
Yeah, I watched zero football on Sunday because it was week 18. It was ridiculous. I didn't care. I literally did anything but watch football. I watched about five plays. So um, it happened. Chiefs got the best draw they possibly could with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have no clue why they're playing in primetime. That makes no sense. That game is a midday game if I've ever heard of one. And I keep getting, I think I'm making Chiefs fans upset by saying that. And they're saying Chiefs and Steelers are ratings. No, you know whose ratings? Dallas and San Francisco. That's ratings. <laughs> what the Chiefs and Steelers are going to do is going to pale in comparison. So that getting a primetime game, I thought was really, really weird. But alas, here we are. Chiefs get a good favorable matchup in round one. It's like, hey, two thumbs up there. And I didn't have to watch, you know, more than one week 18 game of football. He missed, he, you missed like the best week of football of the season. You really, <laughs> you really did. You really did. It was, it was amazing. It was entertaining from, from like, from the beginning because like the, the Texans Titans game was kind of interesting. I mean, the comeback from, from Davis Mills, uh, the more talented version of Mac Jones. I'll go uh, watch preseason week three. If I want to see all this, that's exactly what it was. I don't think I don't think Chargers Raiders had any air of preseason football. That was one of the most entertaining. Buddy, people were debating if they were trying to tie on purpose. That is the epitome of preseason. Dude, I, we don't know. Don't listen, man. I'm I'm starting to finally get over that. Don't you bring it up again, <laughs> Maddie? You missed it last night. Can I just say, oh, I watching heard. watching Craig watch the end of that game was more entertaining than anything I've done in like six months. Like it was so funny because he was just gleefully hoping for that tie and it didn't happen. That's okay. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs here. Um, because you know, last you know, last night we kind of talked a little just about just the overarching outlook of the AFC. Today, we need to start pivoting towards the realities of your Kansas City Chiefs, this football team that we all love and root for. Uh, and you know, this has been a weird year. Uh, up and downs, both sides of the football. There have been inconsistencies. Uh, it seems like they're kind of starting to come together at the, about the right time. I, I just going to, I'm going to ask you this off the top, Maddie. Do you think we've seen the best game, most complete game for this Chiefs team this year? That's hard to answer because the, the first three quarters versus the Pittsburgh Steelers looked about as complete as it could be just in terms of domination. But that's the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I mean, they're playing again. So, hey, good for them. But it's also playoff team, Pittsburgh Steelers. That's right. That's that's also not a real team. So, like, I, it's hard to say. Now, if you remove just that game, no. I mean, you clearly there's I don't even know if you could point to another game that you would even consider being a complete game for the Chiefs. If you take away that Steelers game, it's been a long while since they probably put one of those together. So I would anticipate them playing if. They do what we think. If they play up their potential, their best team is clearly yet to come still. Yeah. I I, I think we look at this team and, I mean, it's a 12-win team. They're, they went 12-5. and five. They are the two seed in the AFC. It's not like this is a bad team, and yet it kind of feels like all year long we've been waiting for this team to click all the way. You know, it, like we've seen elements. We've seen glimpses of it being like that level of – dominance on both sides of the ball like realistically we've seen the chiefs defense be absolutely dominant for stretches we've seen the chiefs offense be absolutely dominant for 15 plays and it's been nice and so like you want to see that all together you want to see that all put together in a meaningful way and i think all along we just kind of been thinking all right at some point 
It's going to happen. At some point, you know, this is going to get put together. At some point, they're going to do this against a defense that not that's not Gus Bradley. You, you're going to see it be a complete performance. And now is the time that if it's going to happen, if there was any sort of, you know, holding back, if there was any sort of maybe don't show everything that Andy's got in his playbook, it's now. Like, yeah. it should be from here on out. If this team is going to click and fire on the cylinders that we know they can as a Super Bowl contending team, this is the point where you start to see that. I think it's inarguable that the Kansas City Chiefs have the highest ceiling of any team in the National Football League. And I think they've flexed their muscles and they've put, you know, feasible ceilings, feasible, real, um, you know, high marks on both sides of the football that I don't I don't think anybody can really go toe-to-toe -to -toe with. It's just a matter if we're going to get that kind of team on both sides of the football for this home stretch. And, you know, I, we kind of speak in realities because the reality isn't that this team has, has achieved their ceiling at a consistent clip. It's just not true, as we kind of just talked. You know, there really hasn't been a ton of complete performances to this point. So you kind of got to balance speaking in the reality of what this team is and what they're capable of doing. So offensively Maddie what do you think what what do you think this team is like what do you think this this offense is you know moving forward but also like based on the sample size and the evidence we have to this point inconsistent at best I mean their last six quarters of football have been terrible and I get it at the end of the Bengals game it, they didn't have a lot of opportunities but it still wasn't good and then they were shooting themselves in the foot so you're bringing in execution issues it's hard to put much stock into the Denver Broncos game. I fully, fully understand that. But you don't want to go into the playoffs coming off this six-quarter stretch that the Chiefs' offense is right now. It doesn't look good. You can't be feeling warm and fuzzy about that. Now, as I'm going to keep coming back to, the Chiefs are getting a get-right as soon as the playoffs start. So, like, you want to get your confidence going again, but you're getting that. But – I think you see some elements that make this offense look dangerous. Travis Kelsey's game against the Chargers as the Chiefs kind of figured that out during the COVID game. That makes you feel good that he's healthy. He's capable of taking over a game when he can. Tyreek Hill's performance, I mean, he also had a great game then. You've seen Tyreek Hill be a little bit up and down throughout the year, but he's still been very effective. So you know they still have that. The emergence of Byron Pringle here down the stretch as a potential true number three wide receiver is helping a lot. The run game's very up and down, but you had a ton of success. You just saw versus the Bengals of being a physically dominant football team. Like, so there's so many little elements that you love about what this offense is. But right now, you're just trying to piece all those things together like a puzzle, and you haven't figured out how it fits together yet. And the Chiefs, I mean, you're entering the playoffs now. You're now entering the playoffs. You don't have a lot of time left to fix this puzzle. Like, it's got to be fixed in the next two weeks, or you're probably going to get bounced out of the playoffs because your offense is too inconsistent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have been waiting for those tertiary elements to show up a little bit to help out with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Now you're in crunch time. Now you're going to see defenses throwing everything they can at this offense to try and take away those two guys because that's the engine of this Chiefs team. So, like Maddie said, Byron Pringle stepping up. McCall Hardman having some good games to close out the year. Some some good McCall Hardman games. That's good for the Chiefs to have on tape, for the Chiefs to be able to rely on going into the playoffs here because there's going to be a dedicated focus to taking those guys away. And we have seen times in the middle of this season where defenses have just been able to blanket those guys. And 
it, it's it's bad. Like it has been bad. We've also seen some games where the Chiefs have had guys start to step up, and that's kind of when this started to turn around, where you started to see less of this traditional too high or the late rotation or you know all the stuff that we the narratives throughout the season are fantastic you know <laughs> so you started to see some of that disappear you started to see some more of these guys step up you started to see the run game going they put a lot on tape there has been a lot that the chiefs have done except getting vertical and that's kind of the, the element that's missed a little bit now they, they've tried at times but They've missed that a little bit as the season's gone along and played a lot more conservative, knowing that teams are probably going to try and put that dome over the top of it. I'm wondering if we're going to see some of those shots, some of those route combinations, some of the things that stress those safeties and pull them out of position a little bit more. And we're going to see Mahomes start taking some of those shots in the playoffs, knowing full well that they were just content to kind of conservatively move the ball down the field and still score pretty much at will, especially at the beginning of games. It's so weird because the Chiefs offensive DVOA, according to football outsiders, is third in the National Football League. But I think you ask Chiefs fans, I think they would agree that there is there are a lot of inconsistencies in what we've seen to this to this point. And it's such a weird dynamic to to navigate because um I think situationally there have been moments in games where the, the the chiefs needed more out of the offense and they didn't step up and maybe you know there's been moments where you know they didn't need that many points they're they're out there running it up the score so it's just like it's funny that the you know that i think the inconsistencies to maddie's point are true despite the fact that they are one of the top five dvo offenses in, in football but i think it just speaks to situational football at times i think it just speaks to somewhat the standard that has been set here in kansas city with this <laughs> offense you know like a all... high bar when you set a high bar like that and you perform at 90 percent of that bar people wonder what's wrong with you yeah you're still good cool. i mean here's a i mean here's kind of a barometer where do you think the chiefs rank in third down conversions this year just con third down conversion rate no clue yeah i don't i don't have any idea i know comfortable what they are first comfortable, comfortable first, first. Yeah, we it it's surprising, like right? It. That's it yeah, doesn't it doesn't feel like, feel like it. at all. Yeah. They are a comfortable first. Now, that said, on third and seven plus, where the Chiefs have been dominant, they are one of the worst in the NFL. They are absolutely dreadful at third and seven plus, but still somehow on third down conversion rate, they are comfortably in first place. It's just that goes to show you like there's such a high bar that being the only team converting over half of your third downs and nobody like fans don't notice. Fans have no concept. <laughs> then they are the by far the best third down converting team in the NFL right now because it looks so clunky. It looks so sluggish so often. It looks like it's hard. Offense doesn't look easy for them right now. And I think yeah. that's kind of the big difference. And it's come to bite them. Like it's clearly come back to bite them. You look at the Bengals game. They are putting themselves in must-have third downs. They weren't converting. They lose the game. But like on a game-by-game -game basis, the offense is still really good. It just doesn't look the same. And it's hard to fully buy in when you're used to that right now. I know it, it, it's, it's getting into those like third and short situations, which is a testament to playing conservative and relying on the run game a little bit more, but you get into these manageable situations. I mean, how many times have we seen the, we've seen Blake Bell sneak a whole lot of, of plays. We've seen a lot of Michael Burton fullback dives. We've seen a lot of this stuff that are short yardage staples that have just been automatic 
for the Chiefs. And them getting into those situations is good. It just looks so much different than the kind of, and it wasn't even high variance before, than the the more explosive, the more intermediate, the more downfield stuff that we're just so used to. The more fun. The (laughs) more fun. Listen. Maddie's words, not mine, but we're just so used to seeing it so far downfield that it takes a little while to adjust. And you know what won't take a little while to adjust? Getting our good pals at McAdoodles in your life in Lee's Summit summer of this very year. You are going to go here as soon as it opens. You're going to go over to this McAdoodles. You're going to walk in and it's going to change your life. You're not going to want to go into another liquor store. I don't care that it's convenient that there's not one by your house. You're going to drive all the way out there every single time because it's got the best selection, the best prices, and the best customer service. You're going to go out there so often that you're going to start blowing up every franchisee's phone that you can find to get one to you. You're going to start yelling at them because you're having to spend so much time and money driving to this location rather than having one close to you so before you do that you should get ahead of this get a hold of those people tell them to get a hold of roger info at macadoodles.com and start sprinkling these babies all over kansas city so you don't have to drive so far to get to the best place the ideal place to buy your liquor macadoodles we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's talk about the defensive side of the football, kind of the same thing we just did on offense. I want to talk about kind of, you know, the identity of this defense. What is this defense? You know, what can we expect? What's the known about this defense, Maddie? What you think? hit and miss dynamic i i don't want to say inconsistent necessarily because it's very consistent it's just domination or getting torched there's no in between and i mean that's not surprising for steve spagnuolo that's been his defensive style since he's been in the nfl he throws everything at you 
and it either works or it doesn't. Like very rarely has he been part of this bend don't break strategy. And I know sometimes this year I've seen people call out that that's what it seems like what they're doing. I don't think so. That's not really in Steve Spagnuolo's nature to just gladly give up 12 yards at a time and not try to do anything about it. I mean, he's he's going all in. So he's either going to lose all of his chips on that hand or he's going to snuff somebody out. And this year you've seen that. Bad offenses, they've crushed. Bad offenses versus this Chiefs team, this Chiefs defense has been, I mean, just completely obliterated. Not, don't pay attention to this last Denver game where nobody cared. But like every other bad offense has been absolutely dominated. And then you get some good offenses. The offenses that are willing to test offenses that counter his style a little bit. And it can look ugly. It can look like the Chiefs aren't even trying to win the game on the defensive side of the ball. I guarantee you they are. But I, it looks like they're not trying to just because he's going to be a guy that's going to go all in. You wish that you could find a happy medium occasionally. It's just that's not in his DNA. That's not who Steve Spagnuolo is. And I think you see that with this defense. And you wouldn't want to change it. Like, that's the other part of that. It it works. You got a Super Bowl <laughs> from Steve Spagnuolo playing this way. You've been to another Super Bowl from Steve Spagnuolo playing that way. And it took a ref and crew to call some, some of the physical play on the outside to really kind of ruin his game plan in the last Super Bowl. So, like... You look at Steve Spagnolo and you say, okay, so what's going to happen here with all these coaches that have gotten fired today, this Monday, that, you know, thank goodness us Chiefs fans haven't had to go through in a long time. But you look at all these coaches that are getting fired. And I'm seeing people blowing up my mentions with, hey, would you go after this guy instead of Spags? Would you do this instead of Spags? Would you do that? This team is built for Spags. And it's going to continue to be built for Spags. It's built for this offense to get a lead. It's built for them to pin their ears back, to force quarterbacks to throw into the teeth of this pressure, and for these cornerbacks to play physical. And if you take some of that away, if you take their ability to get into obvious passing situations because they don't play well on first or second down, if you take away the ability to play physical on the outside because the refs decide to call a tight game, if you take away the ability to really rush the passer and blitz because you're missing guys or guys are just having off games, you start to see stuff fall apart very quickly. Conversely, it takes pretty much all three of those things to go wrong for Steve Spagnuolo's defense to really look poor. He can win with two of those things. He can win with one of those things at times, as Chris Jones has shown us yep. in the past here, yep. showing up, just ruining games. So you you do have a little bit more variance in multiple ways, multiple avenues to win. And that's going to be beneficial in the playoffs where they're going to see a lot of different styles of offense. They're going to see some high-flying stuff. They're going to see some run-heavy stuff. They're going to see whatever they're going to see this weekend. That, yeah. But I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think I called it the worst offense to watch in football last yeah, I time we did. previewed the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Maddie's muted. <laughs> dang, I had a killer zinger about Joe Judge's offense for the Giants in week 18. Uh, it's not real football know. and offense, but a lot of I thought you didn't are. watch. I thought I, you didn't watch week 18. Oh, I've seen the clips, buddy. There's a lot of clips of QB sneaks on third and nine going around yeah. right now. Yeah, dude, Jason Garrett's offense was the grossest thing I've ever mm. seen. And I I mean, I know he's a nice guy. It sucks that he got fired. That offense was putrid. It was just so disgusting. Um, The, the Steelers isn't. I mean, we you guys all you watched a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> y'all y'all watched you um, your your mentions aren't much different than mine, Craig. I've seen a lot of people 
asking if Brian Flores should be the new defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think Brian Flores is getting another head coaching job. In, he should like, probably like I don't he might have Next one already. Week. I know it's like he might have one by now. But yeah, I don't understand. Um I don't think Steve Spagnola was the problem early in the year. I don't think it was a big Spags problem when they were having their issues. I think it was a talent problem. And I think you saw the the wealth of talent that was struggling, that was hurt. Uh, and pieces kind of started like, started to come together a little bit. Chris moving along more consistently into the interior was a big help for sure. That really kind of helped Willie Gay returning. Uh, you know, some of the other injuries that they had, I think changed the changed you know changed some things. But I didn't really think it was entirely a Spags problem. And a lot of people had a lot of things to say about Steve Spagnuolo earlier in the year. I didn't think were entirely fair. I, I'm going to ask you this question, guys. Um, one position group on defense that can really just make a big impact like what's what's the what's the skills what's the what's the position group that's going to make a big impact on the Chiefs play uh, playoff run here the cornerbacks because they can go either direction i think i mean like that's why i'm gonna lean there is mm-hmm. it can be really bad see cincinnati it could be really good and i mean there's a couple games you can choose from that it's just all about what type of offense they're playing against Oddly, I really think only Cincinnati and the AFC is a really bad matchup just in terms of offensive philosophy and the Chiefs cornerbacks. I think the Bills have the talent to take advantage, but they're still not a throw the ball up the sidelines and YOLO play, you know, every other snap. So I really think the Bengals are the only bad matchup for the cornerbacks. But we've also seen Rashad Finn is a good quality player. He's not a plus starter at cornerback. Charvarius Ward's having his best year, but you've seen a couple weeks now where he's been a little bit of a liability in coverage on certain situations. They don't have a great cornerback room, so like I could see them losing a game for the Chiefs again. I could also see them playing really well as they've done throughout the majority of the year and helping win a game. It's defensive line. Uh, we have seen this defensive line take over games. We've seen Chris Jones take over games. We've seen Frank Clark take over games. We just saw Melvin Ingram take over a game, a game that you know people were kind of sleepwalking through a little bit until Melvin Ingram shows up and absolutely ruins it, like game-changing plays. So we've seen that defensive line really make their money's worth. They, they have at a lot of times this season. We've also seen some times where they are not getting a lot of pressure. I don't expect them to get a lot of pressure against the Steelers because Ben Roethlisberger is not going to hold the ball. That's fine. We're going to need those guys to step up if and when the Chiefs get beyond this week. They're playing some of these more traditional dropback teams. Some teams are going to hold the ball a little bit longer and try and look for some of these longer developing routes. That's where Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Melvin Ingram, Jaron Reed, Mike Dana, Alex Okafor, these guys have really shown up. They really have throughout the course of this year, just kind of individually. If we can see them coming in waves, kind of like we did with that Raiders pass rush last night, where it was just rep after rep after rep of destruction, and you just make these quarterbacks so uncomfortable, there is no reason why this defense can't win a game in the playoffs, even against some of these good offenses. They have the talent on the defensive line. There is zero reason why they can't step up and just ruin a game plan, anybody's game plan, even Buffalo's game plan really step up and annihilate them. I I think a group that we don't talk about very much lately that could 
really impact the playoffs is the safeties. The best, I think there's there's capable ball production from the safeties. And we haven't seen a lot of that this year, but we know that there's guys that can make plays on the football. Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill are guys that have shown in the past their ability to put to, to get their hands on the football. And it's it feels like they I, I don't know the last time that we've seen one of those two guys really put their, you know, make a play on the football, but we know it's in there. We know what they're capable of doing. It's kind of surprising. Never thinking about it. It's really surprising we haven't seen that in a while. I mean, we've seen Tyron around some fumbles and things like that, but I mean, that's that's been it. Yeah, I mean, like they're they're really haven't this. I don't know how many interceptions this team is really forced. If we're being honest, it's been a lot of force and punts. <laughs> well, they were at one point in time pretty high up in forced turnovers on the years. So, like they they've been getting them. It's just been in weird ways. As far as like why the safeties aren't, I think you see it. Teams on offense, like the best way I heard it put, and this is pretty recently, teams try to throw the ball into certain triangles. So you're going to place a triangle somewhere on the field. That's where the team's trying to throw the football. Against the Chiefs, that triangle on the, it extends from shallow to deep on the sideline and then shallow over the middle of the field. Like that's where the triangle is. It's avoiding yeah. those safeties at all costs. It's avoid, It's gotten so bad. Teams are avoiding like the inner, even like the shallow intermediate area of the middle of the field. They don't want to put the ball near Tyron Matthew nor Juan Thornhill. It's like, the opportunities to come up with interceptions, it does feel are incredibly reduced, but it does seem like you're kind of due for a big game or a couple splash plays out of those guys because they're both too good at making plays on the ball to be as quiet for as long as they have been in that regard. Just eventually a team's going to try to throw the ball there, and it wasn't Burrow. I don't know if it'll be Big Ben. Like, I don't know when they're going to see like the next quarterback really willing to challenge them. Fair. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's working when you're challenging the cornerbacks because, frankly, they haven't played well the past two weeks. They really haven't played well. I mean, we can talk about missed tackles and things like that have just been plaguing this defense over the past you know, several weeks now that may come and bite them in the ass here in the playoffs. But the big explosive plays are coming because the cornerbacks are getting beat. Drew Locke missed some passes where there were some guys behind cornerbacks. And with this cornerback group that's kind of a rhythm group that requires maybe a little bit of i don't know runway to to get into things and some some motivation you know some consistency that they're playing before they may meet up with some of these guys that are bigger matchups it's a problem because right now jamar chase destroyed this defense last week they struggled to cover on the outside as well so i i am not 100% about this cornerback group going into the playoffs against a lot of good passing offenses. Hopefully they can get their mojo back against the Steelers, build some confidence into future games against better teams. Well, if you want confidence in your ring buying experience, you need to go to Rootback Fine Jewelry. And I'm telling you, you know, this is uh, you know, this, this has been a time of year where a lot of people are getting engaged. I've seen some friends get engaged. I've told them, go to Rootback Fine Jewelry. We've had some friends take us up on that. Hello, shout out my dear pal, Joshua Briscoe. And the feedback is always, Hal is great. Because he is. Hal is great. And Hal is what makes Ruback so special. You set an appointment with him. He's going to sit down with you. He's going to go through the ring buying experience, the ring buying process. He's going to tell you as little or as much as you want. He's going to stay within your budget. You're not going to have some pushy salesman trying to get you to go beyond what you want to spend, like some of these big box stores out here in the city. So go talk to Hal at Ruback Fine Jewelry. Go to ruback.co. Go online, set your appointment. I promise you, you will not regret it. Make it part of your experience.
Okay. Normally, this is where we do stickers, slaps, and spirits for the game. We have never done that in 30 minutes. Just going to throw that out there. The national championship game is on, and two of us would like to go watch it, Matthew. (laughs) So, no one cares about the Denver game anymore. I want to do something fun. Stickers, slaps, and spirits for the regular season. Can I can I spring that on you guys? I'll go first. Sure. How about that? I want to give a helmet sticker to, to the guy that changed helmet stickers halfway through the season, Melvin Ingram. The Chiefs acquire him before the trade deadline for a measly sixth-round pick. He comes in and makes a significant impact on this football team. His pass rush, his experience, uh, you know, his veteran leadership, and impactful plays. He's made some big splash plays. As recently as last week against the Denver Broncos, a game-changing play. And so shout out to Melvin Ingram. You get a helmet sticker uh, for your you know impact on this defensive side of the football. All right, who's getting a slap? Hmm, this is a tricky one for a whole season-long slap. That that's a big one. <laughs> We're gonna have to go with uh Andrew Wiley, uh stepping in, playing right mm. tackle. You would have anticipated coming into the year that's going to be Lucas Niang, maybe Mike Rimmers because he looked a little bit better when he started playing, but both guys get injured off and on throughout the year. Neither one of them are available now, and you've had Andrew Wiley playing right tackle for a little bit, and he's been fine. Like He hasn't been great, but he certainly has not been a liability. He certainly in no way, shape, or form made the Chiefs entirely adjust their entire offensive structure. Sands maybe one or two games here and there. Yes, you know, TJ Watt, Max Crosley. Really good pass rushers are still going to get the better of him. But for the most part, he's holding his own. He's allowing the offense to function within the flow that they want it to. So like that's worth noting. That's worth like taking a look at and appreciating right now. Because as you get to the playoffs, teams will probably try to exploit that more. So don't lose out on how good he was during the regular season. If he has a rough postseason, he did a great job. It's not his fault that he's in this situation again if you get a repeat of the Super Bowl performance. It's not on him. Hopefully he's playing better this year. He looks like it right now. So just remember how good he was through this stretch if things turn south when the playoffs start. I, uh, I'm i giving my whole ass bottle of vodka. I wanted to give it to the entire Chiefs interior offensive line that w- that's played phenomenal all year long. They're but too I'm young. Gonna, they can't even legally drink yet. They're so I, young. Yeah, that's true. Joe Tooney can can split it amongst all of them. I'm giving it to Daryl Williams. A uh, mm. thousand yards from scrimmage, Daryl Williams. I, I before the season started, we talked a lot about who would be that third option, and I think to a person, we all kind of went down the line and said it's going to be Clyde. Clyde's going to be the guy that's going to be third in yards from scrimmage, going to be third in targets, going to be third in all this stuff. Clyde got hurt. Wasn't quite as effective this season. All Daryl Williams did is what he always does every single season. Wait out his opportunity and step up when it's asked of him. He has had a phenomenal season. And uh, having him as a backup has allowed the Chiefs to continue to run the offense that they want to run without Clyde Edwards-Elair. He's allowed them to really continue at a high clip being able to run the plays that they want to do. And he's been a hell of a receiver too. So I, you know, a whole ass bottle of vodka to Daryl Williams really stepping up in a big, big way, similar to Andrew Wiley. But man, they're going to need Daryl Williams throughout this playoff run, even with Clyde back. They're going to need him there. So you know, good job, man. <laughs> We've been waiting for this for ten months. The Chiefs are back in the playoffs. They're looking to make it back 
to the Super Bowl again to avenge what happened in February of 2021. It starts on Sunday. We'll be previewing Chief Steelers in the wild card round on Wednesday night. Be look on, be on the lookout for that. Make sure you're checking out everything going on in the KCSN Substack, everything on the KCSN YouTube channel, wherever you are finding us. Make sure you are locked in because we've got a lot of great stuff coming this week. We'll catch you later. Go dogs! Roll Tide. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.